Hi everybody, welcome into the Irish NFL Show. Happy Sunday. We are presented by Trust Gaming. It is the second week of the NFL season. A very, very warm welcome to all of you on this, I guess, Sunday afternoon ahead of another week of NFL action. Joined by Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary, Mark Cockerell. Gentlemen, another week is upon us. We have 13-14 NFL games today. Are we all buzzing? Excited? Absolutely. Uh, after the the action we've seen thus far in the league, it's been uh, exciting across the board, really. So expecting another really good day of action today. Eight shocks last weekend. I think there's an expectation that we'll return to some kind of normality in week two, and we'll see the teams who got upset last week come back to what we're used to seeing, and results will start to the results will start to play out as we expected. But the NFL, any given Sunday, who knows? Hey, Michael, it's you know it's only week two. We're still finding what we know and what we don't know about all these teams. But my God, well, there's some surprises in week one. Nine teams against the spread, and nine underdogs when it comes to the betting. And look, um, it's always a great weekend anytime we've got football on. There's always something interesting to see. There's always great plays where normal humans make superhuman activity seem normal. So, um, yeah, can't wait. Get your popcorn. Yes, sir. And before we get into it, we're presented by Trust Gaming and our partners over at Matchbook Betting Exchange. Talk more about that later on. Let's have a look at the slate of games coming up today. Six o'clock, we've got the Steelers against the Raiders, the Eagles against the 49ers, the Browns against the Texans, the Jaguars against the Broncos, the Panthers against the Saints, the Colts against the Rams in what is a really, really intriguing lineup. Uh, Dolphins, Bills, Jets, Patriots, the Bears against the Bengals, and in the late window of games, we've got the Bucks against the Falcons, the Cardinals against the Vikings, the Seahawks against the Titans, and then we've also got the Chargers against the Cowboys. That Chargers-Cowboys game is on Sky. Sunday Night Football is the Ravens against the Chiefs, and on Sky Sports at 6 o'clock, we've got the 49ers and the Eagles. But yeah, lads, let's let's jump straight into it. Uh, the first game that we're going to look at today at 6 o'clock is... The undefeated New Orleans Saints, who had an incredible week last week against the Green Bay Packers in Jacksonville, going to Carolina and playing the Carolina Panthers, who got a win last week against the New York Jets. Colm, uh, what's your thoughts on this matchup today? Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think both teams are, you know, did, did pretty well last week. Obviously, for the Saints, they were one of the, the standouts. If it hadn't been for the Cardinals, you know, it's almost a toss of a coin as to who was the most impressive uh, team last week. Jameis was fantastic. I mean, he took advantage of every opportunity the Packers gave him. I mean, he didn't throw for that many yards, but whenever they made a mistake, he capitalized on it. Five touchdowns, no interceptions, passer rating over 130. Uh, Alvin Kamara was there and uh, they they just didn't allow Rodgers to do anything. No touchdowns, intercepted twice and spent the end of the game uh, sitting looking on from the bench so for them it would be more of the same but they have a COVID outbreak amongst the coaching staff they have some injuries that makes it a little bit uh, more difficult going up against um, you know uh, I, I suppose a Panthers team that did what they needed to but did what they needed against the Jets um, and I think what will be interesting here is how much pressure the Panthers can get on Jameis and how he responds to that. For me, I suppose we talked last week um, in terms of Reddick and Burns. Um, they caught to Zach Wilson six times. 
right? And uh, if they were to have that sort of day again today, that uh, could uh, really uh, impact, I think, on Jameis. But I don't think they will be able to have that sort of, of impact. Uh, so I, I think uh, you'll see a much stiffer test for the, the Panthers than uh, what uh, you saw last week. See, run CMC will be there. They have DJ Moore. Um, so I, I do think it will be closer than the, the Saints game last week. But for me, the, the Saints are going to win this one. See, it's, last week was unusual because it's probably the first week in a long time where the Panthers were favourites for their game and the Saints weren't even close to being favourites. When's the last time you were seeing that? Because for years, the Saints <clears throat> have been so dominant and the Panthers have been struggling. And during the show last week with Indiviva, I was quite high on Sam Darnold. The game was a lot closer than I expected. I thought they'd win comfortably. Um, so I'm, I'm quite high on the Panthers. I think Matt Rudolph's done a fantastic job. We saw last year the amount of games similar to the Chargers. Um, in terms of how many games they were they were in leading up to the end, only to lose out by the, the odd touchdown and field goal. But for Saints fans, they're on a crest of a wave after last week. Yeah, you're right. Winston didn't show any touchdowns. It's the first time he's done it since week five of the 2019 season. And the following week, he threw six interceptions. So I'd imagine that type of thing is playing through the Saints fans' heads this week. Which Winston are we going to see? Are we going to see it as a one-off? Or is he going to be consistent? Or is he going to fall back to the old patterns that we're used to seeing in terms of all those interceptions? But for me, I'm actually going to lean Panthers here. I think I think if, if they hadn't have won as convincing as they did last week against the Packers, I think... From a betting perspective, I think the the kind of the narrative on this game would be a lot closer, and I think it's they've been a bit disrespectful to my Panthers team that, for me, I think matches up quite well against the Saints. And even when Breeze was there throughout the years, they were always difficult games for for the Saints going into Carolina. McCaffrey's there, Robbie Anderson doesn't get the credit he deserves. For me, I think it'd be close, but I think the Panthers will just nick it. That's my first surprise of the week. Yeah, um, Michael, I think Nick Sirianni, Carson Wentz, uh, sorry, Carson Wentz, Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, and Eagles fans might disagree, but for my money, the surprise of the week and the best performance against expectation of the week last week and week one was definitely by New Orleans Saints. As Brian said, they were effectively written off in that game. And then not only did they win, they absolutely dominated. But whilst they had the best performance of week one, they had the worst of the 32 teams in terms of injury reports coming after week one in many respects. And that's including the 49ers in that as well. So Marshawn Lattimore, um, thumb injury requiring surgery, he's out. Marcus Davenport, probably the number one pass rusher, he's out. Starting center, Eric McCoy, isn't expected to play this week either. Um, So, you know, that's three big injuries in the first instance. Um, The guys have mentioned they've had the COVID outbreak. Yes, it's involving Michael Thomas, who obviously is on short-term IR at the moment, and their uh, coaching staff. But that's a bunch of offensive coaches all out of action. Whilst the team is playing uh, effectively away from home for three weeks in a row, they're still training in North Texas. And you're relying upon all of that, a mature, stable quarterback, to hold it all together and hold that offense you know, in structure. James Winston, until proven otherwise, has not proven to be a stable, reliable quarterback on a consistent basis. Um, There are the leagues, arguably Dalvin Cook will have an argument, arguably the best two running backs in the league are involved in this game. Both defenses will get pressure on. Um, 
ultimately, I'm actually with Brian. I am going to go with the Panthers. Um, you know, it's like that, and that's the way it is with CMC to have a big day. And Sam Darnold to get the ball out quicker than Aaron Rodgers was holding on to it last week. Run CMC. Eight minutes into the show, and we're saying run CMC. Uh, look, I was really impressed with how the Saints played last week, and I know they have a COVID outbreak at the minute, and I understand it's very difficult for them because they're not really based in New Orleans because of the hurricane, and they're based in North Texas. They've got a few players out injured. But this Carolina Panthers team with Christian McCaffrey and Sam Darnold only put up 19 points against the Jets. That's all I need to see. Uh, I was really impressed with, with James Winston last week against the Packers. He proved not only me, but millions of people watching wrong. People said he was done. He's went. He's worked on himself, not just his vision, but he's worked on his game as well. Uh, him plus Kamara equals a win for the Saints today in Carolina. And the Saints are going to go 2-0 regardless of the COVID outbreak. How many times was there a COVID outbreak last year and the team's done well? So I'm going to go, to, I'm going to go, uh, the Saints going 2-0 and yeah, all good. So I've got the Saints and you all the Panthers? No, I, I have Saints. I, 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 to me, it comes down, do you trust Sean Payton or do you trust Sam Darnold? And yeah, I mean, Mark makes very fair points about all the d- disruption and that's going on, but a lot of the same disruption we heard about before they took on the Packers last week. Sean Payton uh, finds, finds a way. I agree with Brian. Matt Rule is building something. I just don't don't think that um, he's he's there yet or the Panthers are there yet. And uh, so for me, that's why it, it's the Saints. Yes, sir. Let's, uh, let's just jump in, I guess, to the second game. We've got Andy Dalton going up against his former team in the Bengals. Bengals 1-0 as well after a really, really good performance last week against Minnesota win in, in overtime. Colin, uh, will we see Justin Fields much today? I, I don't think we will, but we should. Uh, it, it's going to be an Andy Dalton revenge game, but it really should be Justin Fields starting. Um Against the Rams last week, the Bears were the only team in week one that didn't attempt a pass of more than 15 yards downfield. I mean, like, there's being bad and there's being boring and the Bears are both. The only bright spot was David Montgomery, um, who had some joy. Uh, But for for the Bears, they're not particularly, you know, good uh, on offense. They're not particularly good on defense. Um, I I think uh, in in terms of the the Bengals, firstly, mea culpa to Jamar Chase. Uh, He was very good last week. Burrow was also good, but Joe Burrow was sacked five times, okay? And he was hit seven times in total. That's not sustainable. If uh, you want your franchise QB to remain a franchise QB, you have to protect him. And we, you know, we've already seen him take a significant injury. You don't ever want to see players injured, but you really don't want to see guys like Joe Burrow get injured because he is so talented and you really would love to see what he can do in the league. But clearly there is that uh, relationship um, between the two. The Bears gave up 300 yards to Matthew Stafford. Uh, Joe Mixon had himself a game last week. I think he has himself a game this week. And I think the Bengals are going 2-0. Yeah, Joe Mixon last week, 127 yards on the ground. He's one of those running backs in the league that just probably just doesn't get the credit he deserves. Probably because he's at a team such as the Bengals. Yeah, Colin, to your point, five, five sacks on, on, on Joe Burrow. But he still threw for over 200 yards with no interception. That's four games in a row. I know we're going back a bit to last season. But you could see gradually last year he was proven to be 
the reason why he was selected at number one. And uh, the Bears secondary last week, for a defence that we spoke very highly of, you know, in the off-season and in the pre-season, that if anything was going to carry this team, it's the defence. The secondary last week was greatly exposed. Two touchdowns over 50 yards. And we saw Jamar Chase last week with his touchdown. And after the, after the criticism he was getting all week around not seeing balls and no white stripes on college footballs anymore, for him to have that game, the immediate impact kind of proves very quickly as to why the Bengals saw the reason to take him as opposed to an offensive line. I just see the Bengals right now as a better balanced team. You've, na- you've nailed it there with the Bears' offense last week. I do think we'll see Justin Fields a lot more this week, but more so, again, similar game plan. They'll bring him in and out of the game on kind of run pass options and they'll use him and they'll utilize him well and they'll probably end up being the main rusher, you know, potentially, you know, outside of Montgomery. But for me, better balanced team with the Bengals, which is, I'm, I'm surprised I'm saying that. And bearing in mind the amount of criticism that Zach Taylor gets as a head coach, um, I think the Bengals are going to pull this out and I think the Bears' struggles will go on and it'll just make the pressure even more on Nagy to get fields in immediately as the quarterback. So for me, Bengals win. Um, there's parallels you can draw between both these teams in many respects. I mentioned the last game had probably the two best running backs in the league. This is probably two of the most underrated running backs in the league when you compare both sides, Mixon and Montgomery. Um, they've uh, both got, obviously, clear standout number one receivers who could be superstars in potentially a different offense where they've got a quarterback that can actually get the ball to them correctly. Um, and they have, you know question marks a quarterback but they're very different question marks you know the Bears are having the question mark of you know how long does Andy Dalton stay and when do we put Justin Fields in and the Bengals just have the question mark and say no we know Joe Burrow is talented can he bounce back from the injury can he be what he was showing us for the first 12 weeks of the season last year they also and Brian just alluded to it have two of the most um how do I put this politely um questioned head coaches in the NFL. I mean, Michael Lombardi on our show said that, well, frankly, one of them is unqualified to be an NFL head coach. And many Bears fans will tell you the other one is also unqualified to be an NFL head coach. Um, Like Column, I actually agree the Bengals' defense last week. They've been harping on like many defenses do about stopping the big plays. But they were pretty successful uh, against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings in shaping that. Not only pressure on the, up, on the offense of the line, but also really solid in the secondary there and very cohesive. They're probably more professional and more cohesive on defense than we've seen them for about four years, to be honest with you. So um, that is interesting and exciting. And my God, the red rifle, Andy Dalton, that's exactly the game manager you want to go against if that's what you're trying to limit and that's the way in which you're going to play defense. I back... Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon to make more plays. And it feels very weird to say this. I'm backing the Bengals to go 2-0. Yeah, like, look, obviously last week, the only guy that took the Bengals was Brian, so we have to publicly acknowledge that again. You know, I will acknowledge that the whole Texans pick next, but um, just obviously apologies to tip the Bengals and, and Bengals UK for that there. Look, I, I didn't think the Bengals would beat the Vikings last week. And my God, I hold my hands up. I was completely wrong. The way that team played with Burrow, I'm with Jamar, I mean, that's Jamar Chase, luckily he's, he's been playing in the league for four or five years. And that's the difference between a guy that's ready for the league and a guy that's almost ready, but he's not there yet, in Justin Fields. And I still don't think he should be playing for the Bears, but that's a different conversation for a different time. The reality is the Bears are very much in a rebuilding situation, or I guess they've been rebuilding since 85, but they're building and building and building. 
whereas the Bengals are, are streets ahead in terms of their rebuild, in terms of their strategy. Um, I think this game will be close. I think it'll be one or two touchdowns in it. Uh, and I, I really believe that it's going to be a full house here, boys. Bengals are going to go 2-0. I never thought I'd see a week where we're all going Bengals unless they were playing against the Texans. <laughs> such, as the, such as the NFL, one week to the next. Yes, sir. Talking about the Texans, they're next. Texans at the Browns. The Browns get off to a bad start. Well, not not. It wasn't a bad start last week. They looked they looked quite good against Kansas City. Couldn't shut it out against Kansas City. Couldn't finish a game off. But Colin, the Texans go in and beat Trevor Lawrence on his NFL debut and shock the world almost after the crazy offseason that they've had. Yeah, I think you should give them their full title. They're the first placed Houston Texans, and uh, Texan fans enjoy that for as long as it lasts because um, the Browns, I think the manner of the Browns' victory kind of took away from how well they played overall. Ultimately, three plays cost the Browns, right? The, the fumble, um, the punt, and the interception. And I still think the interception is on Mayfield. Um, although he had a good day overall, true for over uh, 300 yards, I, I just think that the elite, elite QBs don't, don't do what he did like he really just flung it out there took a chance and um you know ultimately it it cost them i think that's the reason why um they haven't pulled the trigger on that new contract as yet but there was like the chiefs took advantage of that and that's what good teams do and that's why the chiefs are where they are but what you saw from the browns was you know was really good overall particularly their offensive line um and i would expect them to to take their frustrations out on uh, this Texans team. Trod Taylor, he sparkled last week, right? He really did. It was great to, to see he he made some magical plays, but it's going to be a lot tougher against this Browns defense. Um, and, you know, this was, I suppose, the, the Texans, they gave up almost five yards of carry uh, against the, the rush last week. We talked about the two-edged monster that the, the Browns have. Um, for me, this is the Browns need to make a statement game coming off that la- last week. They need to show that they are the team that everyone talked about um, in uh, preseason and, and before things really got going, that they can be a force to be reckoned with. The Browns will win this, um, but I think they need they need to win it comfortably. They need to win it by two touchdowns to show um, that they really are a dominant force. Yeah, during the show last week, I suggested the reason why the Texans have brought in these kind of players that have been around the league for quite some time is to give them the the option, I suppose, give them enough to win games such as last week against the Jags and other games potentially during the season where they'll win four or five games. But coming up against the Browns team, that will be hurting after last week's game because, you know, the Browns should have won last week. There's no point in beating around the bush. The Chiefs came back, yeah, but the Browns, like special teams, the Browns did things that we saw throughout the years when they were quite poor. They gave the game away. They've had a very good reaction throughout, throughout um, Stefanski's uh, head coaching career so far, where they've lost their 5-0, and rebounding off a defeat. So he does seem to have a magic touch in terms of getting them ready for a game. And to be honest, what a better game to come off. Like your week two, your home, first home game of the season. It's a full house and they're playing the Texans. So for me, Job and Hunt last year, a number of games where they both went over 100 yards in the game, kind of one of these rare Commodities in the NFL, well, not only do you have one running back, but you have two in the same game. I see something similar on Sunday. I see uh, I see I, I, two touchdowns. No, I see this. I see this hitting 21, 24-point win, comfortable for the Browns. Put down a marker. 
after last week's defeat. Brian, you just said I see about four times in that sentence, and I see something too. I see dead people, and I see dead people of 53 members of that Texans team um, eventually over time. Look, um, we, you know, we called it, we can play Colm's famous clip if you like, Michael, but we can, you know, we called it in the season preview show. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? about? The, The Texans have put some, you know, average to good players together. They're trying to coalesce them into a team. I honestly think, and I could regret this statement, um, it's probably the height of the peak of David Cully's head coaching career already has been and gone. Um, that will unwind over the season. But what seemed to me to be pretty clear is they're going for a pretty conservative approach, going to try and stretch out and limit people's possessions. They're going to try and stretch out long drives with consistent plays to try to limit the games to win a few on the way. Lovey Smith is there on defense, putting in a very much a um, zone defense um, speciality, as he is renowned for, pretty old school. And how does that match up against the Browns? Pretty bloody badly, actually, because they've got so many zone beaters, it's unreal. And Joko as well had a great game the other week. And like Colm alluded to, the run defense is a big risk in relation to it. Can they make plays? Yes. Can lightning strike t- twice? Apparently, scientifically, yes. Do I think it's going to happen? No. The Browns will be the Texans. Michael, Column, Column's quote last week, is, it's, it's doing the rounds. It's become famous. I've had a few people reach out to me this week that have no interest in the NFL, but somehow, some way, they've seen that moment on Monday's show where you, where you wear that special rant from Column, and it's, it's gone down really well across all people who like sport, not just the NFL fans. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to hear that. And if you want, folks, come down to the Woolshed Band Grill tonight from 5.30 and shout it at Colm's face himself. Uh, we will be there from 5.30 until Brian stops buying rounds for everybody. Uh, just quote, matchbook in the bar and buy it. Brian will buy you a pint of Guinness. So uh, is, that, is that 5.32 when he stops buying rounds for everyone? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Uh how good was I last week picking the Texans, boys? The reality is the Jags are a joke. Um, I'm not saying that now, but you know they're a great team, a great franchise, and I can't wait to see them in London in three weeks. But um, interesting, you know, it was an interesting start from Trevor Lawrence last week. He will, well, he's not going to bounce back this week, but we'll, we will have a look at it in, in a few weeks. I was really, really pleased to see, obviously, biased Philip Lindsay get a good chance in, in Houston and score a touchdown last week. Texans look dangerous against Jacksonville, but they're going up in a different beast in the in the Browns. The Browns should have beaten Kansas City. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry. Come on, 40 to 14, 40 to 10, preferably. If they don't get a big win, they're not for real. They have to get a big win, and the Browns will beat the Texans. Um, let's jump on the next game. The Rams, Mr. Cronkies team, going to Indianapolis. It's the Rams against the Colts in the early window. This game could have been on TV very easily, Colin. Yeah, no, it, it, it could have been, um, but maybe for all the, the wrong reasons for the Colts. I mean, the, the fact that the Colts are now going to be the first mid-season hard knocks team uh, and we get a peek behind the, the curtain will be will be fascinating. Uh, the Colts dealing with some horrific injuries um, and at, at the time of recording, it's difficult to know who exactly is going to start. Uh, I see Leonard and Nelson have come out to say that they're kind of dealing with chronic injuries. I don't know if that's chronic 
like going just this season or or, or where they stand but it's it's disappointing I suppose because I was really looking forward to seeing Aaron Donald versus uh, Nelson and seeing how that would go um I I think that for me the the Colts the score last week almost flattered them um I, I thought that they they weren't great and that the Seahawks were really dominant a, against them um, now, they may have our um, Fisher make his, his debut potentially, um, which, you know, w- will help because they, they need uh, to give uh, Carson Wentz uh, time. I mean, the problem for him is he takes time to go through the progressions. He When you look at the stats last week, he was a guy who held on to it longer than a lot of the other QBs. Um, I, I think that... For the, the Colts, though, everything probably needs to go through Jonathan Taylor, um, where the Rams showed some vulnerability last week, and there weren't too many uh, you know, that they uh, showed. It was against the run. So maybe Jonathan Taylor can have a bit more success than he did last week against the, the Seahawks. But look, for me, it's more the same from Stafford and, and Cup. We've heard about the relationship that they seem to be forming, and uh, the Rams are going 2-0. Yeah, we said last week we felt Stafford would have a, a reasonably comfortable opening game for the Rams, and it certainly played out that way against the Bears. And he had 156 passer rating, which has happened, turned out to be the highest in the league last week, so it doesn't come as a surprise. I don't think he'll have it as easy this week, but if the Colts were fully fit in all week, I was back and forth about this game because I see the Rams having a big run at the Super Bowl this year, but the Colts have rebounded as well in years where they've lost in week one. But these injuries this week have crippled them. And even today, it looks like some of the players from the second year are going to be out. So that gives Stafford more options in terms of exposing them in the secondary. The defense again for the Rams, to, you know, outside the playoff game against the Packers last week, that's the ninth game, ninth regular season game in a row where they've only given up less than 20 points. So for me, yeah, it's the Rams and the Rams will keep flying. I think the Rams will win. I don't think it'd be as comfortable as last week. Because the Colts are a reasonably good side. And I think the Colts will put it up to them, but I can see the Rams pulling away in the fourth quarter and getting getting their second win. So last week, guys, I picked uh, the Seahawks to beat the Colts because I actually broke it down to the fact that the Colts' offensive line has taken a step back and the Seahawks' pass rush has taken a step up. Um, oh, what do we want a rejigged offensive line that's struggling to keep a kind of injured and still recovering quarterback up line? Uh, upright. Um, oh, we'd really, really, really love to play the Rams and Aaron Donald in week two. That would be great, wouldn't it? Um, it for me, it's pretty simple. Actually, the, look, guys, the easy pick here is picking the Rams. Okay, that's the easy pick. But there's another easy thing. The other easy thing is to play quarterback for the Rams and watch your wide receivers streak open against cornerbacks who are going to be so outmatched, it's scary. Um the Rams on offense will win this. The Rams on defense will win this. And provided the curse of special teams doesn't thwart them in some respects, um, this to me is an absolute lock every day. Rams to win. Big Mark's lock of the week. If it was a fully fit cold side, um, they may have a chance. The, the, the reality is that Matthew Stafford is going to have a game. How good did they look last week? Cooper Cup is going to have the game of his career. His 12-100 yard plus game last week but he's he's going to do even better this week this could get ugly boys very quickly um and, and i think the rams are a cert to go to know and they are looking good money for my super bowl pick in brian's kitchen three weeks ago and uh yes talking about super bowl picks gentlemen the broncos are going to jacksonville uh they're one and oh colin 
Is it time to believe in Staddy Teddy, my friend? Well, he had uh, quite the, the game last week. Second highest completion rate um, in the league at uh, seven, almost 78%. But one worry was he was the second most pressurized QB. Um, now, he did really well at times, and he, he, he was evading tackles. But that's not sustainable if you're going to come under pressure that frequently. So the line really needs to do better. Now, it turned out after the game that Graham Glasgow was dealing with a heart issue uh, during the game um, and, and played on. Uh, so, um, you know, it, it is, it, that is both, um, you know, phenomenal that he did that, but also crazy that he did that. Um, he is very unlikely to, to play, though he is going to travel with the, the team. I thought he'd just recuperate at home, a guy that we've um, spoken to and uh, a guy who has a lot of experience. Um, so he will be missed. Um, but they, you know, Moody may come in. Um, you know, the 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 belly is a, is another uh, option. Um, they going up against um, the 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 Jags, where I mean, like the the Meyer stories. They 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 came out like just before the season started. Um, we we saw all the talk around USC. Um, Draymond Jones, who played under Meyer, um, talked this week and was asked, uh, are you surprised that he's not connecting with the veteran players? He just said no. And later on, he went on to say that uh, Meyer's approach is college-based and uh, not for the pros. So, um, it'll, you know, look, the, the Jags may have, uh, may have made a, a huge mistake there. Or maybe he'll show us all up um, because they do have a transcendental talent in Trevor Lawrence and we'll have egg on our face. Um, but I said um, last week that he would be run out of town. Um, I thought it would take uh, longer than it is um, by the by the looks of things. He might well be gone by, by the end of this year. For the Broncos, no Judy, but they, they still have Tim Patrick. Cortland Sutton needs to show more. Hammer's drops are definitely a concern, but with Melvin Gordon and uh, Williams in the backfield, they'll have far too much uh, for the Jags. The Broncos, um, certainly, uh, you know, thanks to their play, but also thanks to the scheduling, are going to be 2-0. and Yeah, and that would be the first time they've been 2-0 since 2017. It's something that hasn't happened for a long while. Look, as you said, the schedule... Works and I touched on that a couple of weeks ago when I thought the Saints would be would be poor and I said it's fortunate for the Panthers that they're starting with the Jets and the Saints and similar situation for the Broncos this week. Jags sixteen defeats in a row. Defensively they're giving up over twenty four points in the last nine games. You know they're all at sea in the secondary, and you know you you look at rookies coming into the league and Lawrence for so long has been speculated as this generational quarterback, and like you look at the Patriots with Mac Jones having the experience of Bill Belichick there to work to work from. And this is where Lawrence is going to be. You know, we're already seeing it. We saw his, his attitude when he came off the field last week. The fact that Moyer's there, he's new to the NFL to a certain extent in terms of his head coaching career. So it's a difficult situation. And this is this is prime for a Broncos win. Um, I think it'll be a comfortable Broncos win. And it's, it's a noise for the Broncos because it doesn't get any worse for them because they play the Jets next week and they could be 3 0. So for me, unless we see a big turn up for the Bucks and the Broncos don't perform, Broncos all day for me. So last week, um, the Broncos' offense didn't turn up for a good portion of the game. We were two and a half quarters through the game, and they still only put up against 10 points against the Giants' defense that wasn't at the races. 
Um, last week, Trevor Lawrence in his first ever NFL start threw for three touchdowns, but he also did throw for three interceptions. I, I, I know you guys aren't because obviously wide receiver and cornerback are positions of strength for the Denver Broncos. But I look at the loss of Jeremy Judy, of Judy and of um, oh bloody hell, Terence Trent Darby, Ronald Darby, um, as uh, more of a concern. I mean, it's more of a concern when units are trying to form a degree of cohesion. I do believe in Trevor Lawrence. I do actually believe that Urban Meyer may have a few tricks to show us. And we are talking, and this is something to bear in mind for the week two games. And we we touched on, we meant to make the point on a couple of them earlier. It's the first home game back in Jacksonville. It's the first time these fans will see live football for, you know, over two years nearly now. Um, And based on the season they had last year, um, they definitely are looking for a bit of hope and a bit of promise in relation to it all. Um, I know it's unlikely. I know it would be a true underdog story. But the legend of Trevor Lawrence starts this weekend and the Jags will upset the Broncos. Uh, look, three picks last week. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, look, I, I was one of the guys that was, and like even last week, I, I just don't understand why Drew Locke wasn't just put in. Teddy Bridgewater was really good last week. Completed 28, 36 passes, two touchdowns, 264 yards. Steady Teddy for a reason. If he's going to do that, if, if he'll do that every week, I, I'm happy to jump on the train. The only problem is he was playing the Giants last week. So, I mean, let's see what happens this week. At the end of the day, with Jerry Judy out, we've still got Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Albert Okuwebenam, uh, and an incredible defense with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in the rush. Brandon McManus can step in and hit it from 60 yards if needs be. Trevor Lawrence will throw three or four picks. The Broncos will win by 14 points. And it, it's going to be interesting what happens in Jacksonville. The Broncos, as you, as you said, Brian, have the Jets next week. And my God, could go 3-0. But we'll worry about that next week. After the Texans game, we've got the Bills going to Miami. The Bills lost last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Buffalo. Colm, what's your thoughts ahead of this matchup today? Look, I think for the Bills, it's an important one because the last thing you want is that, you know, you lose to a divisional rival and they go 2-0 in the division. So... I think a big game here uh, for the the Bills, for them. I mean, their defense played really well last week against the the Steelers, and it was ultimately their their offense that let them down. So, you know, they need Josh Allen to really have a a performance today. Um, In terms of the, the Dolphins, I mean, for for them, they, look, they got the they got the win in in Foxborough. Um, I didn't think they played particularly well. I'm still yet to be convinced on Tua. He he did okay. Um, you know, one one touchdown, one interception, just about 200 yards. Um, but I I think he you know for he'll 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 be in for a tough day today. I, I think definitely. Um, I, I think this is a game that definitely could go either way. I wouldn't be at all shocked if the Dolphins were to get the win, but I'm going to go uh, for the, the Bills. I think they'll have to pick it up. Uh, Josh Allen is 5-1 and one against Miami, and I think he goes 6-1, and one, and I think the Bills go back to 1-1. One and one. I take account of the fact that people are saying that the Dolphins didn't play particularly well last week and they won at Foxborough. To me, that reflects in the job that Brian Flores has done over the past few years. Years ago, they were going in there and they were getting thumped. They won the game. They were fortunate. There was a fumble. But he's put a team together 
He's got other players. He hasn't played for, for each other, haven't played for the coaching staff. So for them to go in there in week one, it's a massive win for them. People keep talking about Josh Allen. I know he's a fantastic quarterback. And people are raving about him, talking about going to the playoffs again, potentially Super Bowl. He's one in three when he plays against teams that have been in the playoffs. And last weekend, the Steelers snuffed him out. He's 9-0 when he plays against teams that haven't been to the playoffs. So that, to me, is where the levels are. He needs to move up that next level. He's had great days against Miami. The last five games, they put up over 30 points. But I see something emerging in Miami. They're not attractive to watch. They're very vision the way how they go about things. Their offense has yet to really spark on the two. But for me, last time, these two teams, one was 2-0. Miami and the other team, Buffalo, was 0-2, 2018. That's the way I see it going. I think Miami are going to win the game. I'm 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 trying to do the maths on Brian's maths there. One and three against playoff teams, and nine and zero oh against non-playoff teams. That's the only thirteen did. games, but still, I I agree with you. He he, he, he took he, a breather in those three. Mark. All right, okay, fair enough. He took a he took a bit of a, a rest. Um, look, to me, it's both sides of the story. It's both sides of the ball, as always, and it's both sides of the story here. Um, the Bills' defense were very uh, good last week. Bear in mind against a quarterback with the turning circle and acceleration of an articulated lorry. Um, they have a very different test in front of them with Tua, who you expect to be less accurate in throwing the ball, but far more dynamic and more of a risk potentially with his legs, uh, potentially obviously rolling out of the pocket and throwing on the run. Um, I'm on board with everything the guys have said. Um, the Dolphins and the work that Brian Flores has done in um, building that team, in building the depth in that team, the capability is key. Will Fuller won't play um, due to a personal issue. Um, he is out. Uh, Brian Flores mentioned that. But uh, Chris Waddle, um, Jalen Waddle, okay, Chris Waddle, um, and uh, Parker are two great threats in the wide receiver core. With all that being said, on the other side of the ball, Josh Allen last week, along with Carson Wentz, and you never want to be in a stat with Carson Wentz, was the only quarterback to have a pass, one pass only, that went for more than 20-plus yards, uh, with yards after the catch, for example. Um, so that's not a great stat. But the Bills were stymied by the Steelers without them sending extra rushes and pressure. The Dolphins love to send extra rushes and pressure. And last year, Josh Allen was superb against the Blitz. So I think that will be ultimately the difference. I don't think the, the uh, Dolphins can get the same pressure just for the front four that the Steelers with the irrepressible TJ Watt could. And for that reason, the Bills avoid going into an 0-2 hole that would absolutely blow open the AFC playoff race. So Bills for me. It's, look, the Bills didn't play as good as the Browns last week, but this is the same situation as the Browns. The Bills need to come out, they need to win, and they, they need to win either comfortably or at least by 7 to 10 points. Uh, this Dolphins team are dangerous, especially because of the games of Miami. Tua, I agree, he is dynamic. He played, mm, he was all right last week. Yeah, I, I like the I, I like the rush for a touchdown. I just don't think the Dolphins are going to be at the level for the Bills today. The Bills have to win this game. They have to find another level. If Josh Allen is who he says he is, if he wants to get to that level, if the Bills want to get to the Super Bowl, if they want to get back to the depths and the, the I guess the top of the AFC, they need to win this game. So it's not even worth talking about. The Bills will win today. Um, Stefan Diggs will have a day, two touchdowns. Mr. Vaccine, Cole Beasley, will get his first touchdown of the season this, this week as well. I have the Bills winning this 27-14. to 14. Uh, And let's jump. There's another game. 
the Pats at the Jets. Colin, the Patriots are 0-1 to start the season. They are, uh, but uh, I think that that'll probably change. And one of the reasons for that is the fact that Zach Wilson right, got sacked six times on his first start. Some of the other QBs in that, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, Paxton Lynch, remember Paxton? Uh, Chad Henney, Dan Orlovsky, and David Carr. Now, David Carr was actually a very good QB, but got broken because he was behind such a bad line and eventually just got such a bad case of the, the yips, essentially, um, that he was no longer functional. And the, for the Jets, like, and, and Robert Sala, I think, is, is very capable, but you have got to protect your franchise QB. Otherwise, bad things are going to happen. Um, now, fair play to Zach Wilson. He hung in there. He got better as the, the game went on. He showed he can actually, you know, take, take a beating in fairness for, uh, you know, a kid who's not very big. Um, but his problem now is he's got to go up against the Dark Lord Bill Belichick, the man who makes young QBs see ghosts. And he's got to do it without Mackay Becton, who's out. Um, so... Not, not where you would want to be uh, following uh, what happened last week. Um, on the other hand, I thought Mac Jones had a really, really good, good game. I thought Harris outside of the fumble, um, and I have no doubt that he will not want to uh, do that again. The other interesting thing, I think, is to probably watch what the, the Patriots do. I saw a stat from PFF that the Patriots ran more plays with two tight ends last week than they did in all of 2020. So in one week, um, they, they did that. The Jets couldn't can, contain Sam Darnold, and I have question marks about Sam Darnold. They're not going to be able to contain Mac Jones and, and Damian Harris. The Patriots go back to 500. On, on the show during the week, Mark was surprised that I was impressed by Zach Wilson last week. So he was sacked five times in the first half. There was 16 nil down at halftime. His final stats were 20 for 37, 258 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Not too shabby for a rookie in his first game who's been sacked five times in the first half against Mac Jones, 29 for 39, 281, one touchdown. They're very, when you look at it like that and you isolate it in that way, not too dissimilar to each other, but People were surprised that, you know, I was thinking that Zach Wilson had the better uh, performance. I thought it in the sense that he's been sacked five times in the first half. Some guys would go hiding, and he didn't. He came out in the second half in a really effective game. But the reality is only six rookie quarterbacks have beaten Bill Belichick in his time in their opening game, and it's not going to happen this Sunday. The Patriots are going to win comfortably, and uh, they roll on, and the Jets will just continue to try transition and work towards a, a better future for the team. Um, Mac Jones broke a, a, a kind of a record last week. Uh, every quarterback that Bill Belichick has had as a head coach with their first career start under him has won until Mac Jones. Um, so that even includes Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, obviously Tom Brady in the Colts game after the uh, Jets injury. So he broke that, but he showed enough for me um, and Pats fans generally, I think, to believe that the future is bright that we haven't made a horrible, horrible mistake in the first instance. You know, this will progress. We'll be on the roller coaster for the season and the rest of the seasons as defences adapt and people try and take away what he particularly likes. 
Um, but at least he's doing it with some structure. At least he's doing it with a coaching staff and a degree of depth that I think is more um, desirable than whatever it is the Jets are claiming as a football team uh, these days. I feel a bit bad for Zach Wilson. I mean, Colin absolutely rightly brings up David Carr. 76 sacks in a single season David Carr had to put up with and was destroyed. 17-game season this year. I think that record could be at risk. Um, look, I'm not going to lie. I hate the Jets. I'm just going to put it out there, right? I really, really hate the Jets. And if we don't win this, just don't talk to me on Sunday at the Warshed. Please, just leave me alone to cry in a corner. Uh, Pat's for me to win every day. That's why Colin Moore's Jets t-shirt for you to He's just being patriotic. It's just, it's an Irish t-shirt. That's all patriotic. it is. Pate, Pate, Pate. Well, please come up to work tonight if if they do get beat. Um, I'd rather have Zach Wilson playing than Mac Jones if I was a coach. Um, look, Nelson Aguilar looks good. Uh, Damien Harris, you're right, Colm, apart from the fumble, he looked really good. The Patriots put up, uh, how many points last week? Seven, 16 points? Woof! Woof, woof, woof! Cam Newton would have put up more than that, boys. He actually would have ran a bit more as well than the quarterback in Mac Jones. No. Um, I actually think the Jets have a chance of winning this game today. I, I'm picking the Jets to win a very close game. Uh, I think Tevin Coleman will have a nice game. And I also think that, uh, Crowder, a wide receiver, will get a couple of touchdowns. Zach Wilson, the, the potential there is, for, for me, is, is, is honestly unreal, boys. I, I think he could be the real deal. And Brian's right. His stats are better, apart from that interception, than Mac Jones. He actually threw a couple of touchdown passes, and he looks far more dynamic out of the pocket than Mac Jones. He looks like a 45-year-old man who's talked to Dukulax because he's stuck. Look, lads, um, I'm, I'm going to pick the Jets to win uh, 24 to 21. Is that okay? Uh, Michael, it's fine. We just recorded it and kept that clip for next week. Don't worry. Just, just can make make a quick point on the quarterback situation because he's gone to the pages. The expectations are so high, but we do also have to bear in mind there's a reason why one of them was the second pick in the draft as opposed to the other one being the 15th pick in the draft. So, if it wasn't for the fact that he's gone to, to New England, I don't believe it'll be a comparable situation. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. But let's be honest, people get this wrong every time. Otherwise, Mitch Trubisky going as the second pick of the draft, as opposed to Patrick <laughs> Holmes going to the 10th pick of the draft. Would have been a oh, he actually Holmes went later, didn't he? It was the Sean Watson went tenth, but still, you know, this is not something that's going to play out this week or even this season. You know, let's look back at that three seasons down the road, four seasons. But Mac Mac Jones, you're telling me if the Patriots go zero and two this week, it will be all over ESPN on Monday morning. Rubbish, rubbish. Bill Belichick will be in the bin on Monday morning if Mac Jones goes out and loses the game this week in the My, second Michael, game. Because Michael, if it was Justin Fields, it would be not international news. Michael, don't even start. Bill Belichick could lose uh, the entire season 0-17, and I guarantee you he will not be in the bin. So, frankly... I, I, I don't mean in the we'll bin. I mean, this goes. current roster they have would be in the bin. Look, it's grand. Uh, the, the game on Sky, 49ers at the Eagles. The Eagles made a really, really good start against Atlanta last week. Colin, how are you feeling ahead of this game today? I think this could be incredibly entertaining. And I think the Eagles, I said it, um, in, that the Eagles could be the entertainers in the NFL this year. Um, I really like um, Jalen Hurts. I, I think, you know, they, look, they're, they're, not, they're not winning the Super Bowl, but I, I do think they are going to be incredibly fun to watch. 
Most yards after the catch uh, last week, aided by an appalling Falcons defense, 173 yards on the, on the ground, again, aided by an appalling Falcons defense. Um, San Francisco are going to make that a lot more difficult. Expect Shanahan to scheme to keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket. Um, but the, the fact is that the Eagles have a really good line. Um, so, and, and they, they are able to scheme things up. So it's not just if you keep him in the pocket, like he's still going to have bubble screens. He's still going to find ways to, to do things. Um, I, get, I, could, I could see a way the Eagles win this. I really could. And I, I think this could be one of the surprises because again, 49ers having to, to come over. I think they'll probably have enough um I, I you know just given i mean debo samuel was so good last week um and i think kittle's face right when that onside kick went off uh of his uh, face mask i think kittle will want to make up for that so i do think the 49ers will have enough and they're not going to take their foot off the the throttle this week um but again i expect this to be a wonderfully entertaining game that the 49ers are just about going to edge yeah, they came over East Coast week two last year and week three, and they won both games, obviously, against two poor New York teams. So they've got the experience. They're well used to traveling East Coast. I wouldn't put that too much as an overbearing factor in the game. The Eagles, funny enough, have a good record against the, against the 49ers over the years. They just, for some reason, they won in Santa Clara last year, but no one expected. And Wentz ran in a couple of touchdowns. And I think our friend Singleton had his, his first game as a linebacker for the Eagles. They generally do well for some reason. Bit of a bogey situation. But I think, I said it last week, I feel Jimmy G is getting a terrible time throughout this offseason because of the trade on trade and, or sorry, the draft pick and when he's going to play. He's 23 and 8 in his career as a starter. But yeah, he just seems to be, I know he's got injury, he's injury prone. And Colin, you suggested someone will come and make a trade for him. Um, but for me, I, the, I'm not bought in on the Eagles. They won last weekend's a very, what well, looks like potentially could be one of the worst teams in the league this year, which is quite a surprise because I thought. Arthur Smith would have got a reaction in the Falcons, but they look like the old Falcons of last year. Nothing seemed to have changed. By halftime, the game was gone. I think the, I think the 49ers are, are a serious threat for the division next, this year against the Rams. And the Seahawks, and for me, they'll win this game. Comfy, experienced wins, difficult games, they'll win by touchdown 10 points. Yeah, the, the NFC East leading Philadelphia Eagles, we've got to mention, and I know we're not going to dwell too much on Thursday night football, probably best for... Um, you know, nightmares and and dreams all at the same time. Um, you know, obviously tough game, but a great Thursday night football for the neutral fan and that, Brian. So we won't dwell on it. But Eagles are leading. They did burst out the gates last week. We've talked a little bit about quarterbacks that we're concerned about throwing the ball downfield. Jalen Hurts, can he throw the ball downfield? Frankly, he didn't last week. He didn't the year before. And everything was short to intermediate. If you actually look at his heat map, the amount of passes he actually throws in the backfield, um, in screens, in, in short passes to running backs. He doesn't stretch the ball deep. And against this 49ers defense, I'm not sure that's the right approach. Now, in fairness, I'm, I can see a way in which the Eagles win this, but that piece worries me. The 49ers have lost Mostert. They've lost Garrett. They've lost some serious players there in their team, and they could be there potentially for the taking, especially if Hurts, Sanders, and Gamewell kind of who they Baltimore North, shall we say, like they did a little bit against the Falcons last week. I just can't see the 49ers run D being that bad. 
And I do still feel that the 49ers defense who put Jared Goff under so much pressure will at least get more pressure on the Eagles. So for me, it's the 49ers. I'm not going to focus too much on the almost, uh, mm, you know, throwing it out of the can against Detroit. You know, for the majority of the game, the 49ers were by far the better team. And I actually like this whole Jimmy G, Trey Lance combo. I, I, I really, I really rate Jimmy G. I think he should be in New England right now, but um, that's a different story for a different day. 314 yards last week, a touchdown. He knows how to hand it off and he knows when to hand it off. And that's what works so well with the 49ers. And obviously they've got injury problems at the minute. I'm not going to say they haven't, but Elijah Mitchell looks good. George Kittle, boys, is I, I said it last week, he, he's, he's in for a big season. Um, you can't take it away from the Eagles. They had a very, very good performance last week, but they're not going to be a match for this 49ers team. Uh, it, it'll be a close enough game. It's probably a situation where it's 34-24. Any, any other points in that game, boys? Yeah, just really quickly on Jalen Hurts, because I think, um, you know, there, okay, there might be questions, but last week, four quarterbacks threw two touchdowns under pressure, okay? Superstar Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, who's somewhere ta- talking about could be this uh, year's potential MVP, Jameis, who we know is capable of being, you know, throwing touchdown passes, interceptions too, but touchdown passes, and Hurts, okay? So under pressure, he can, he can do it. They, like that's that's you know you got to give the kid kudos for that plus i saw a great tweet during the week that somebody said nick seriani is nfl ted lasso and uh, i can totally see that just the feel good factor he clearly has that with the the players um and uh, i am i just i'm pinning my color to the mask there i really enjoy watching the eagles and hurts and seeing what uh, what they can do that's that's why Colin's wearing the Philadelphia Eagles colours tonight. But um, just finally, um, I know Colin called him out, but Debo Samuel last week, unbelievable. Now my next favourite Samuel after Samuel Adams, basically. Samuel Adams. Spot the Bostonian. Raiders, Steelers closes out the 6pm games tonight, Colin. Uh, that game is in Pittsburgh. Who have you got? Yeah, um, an, in, an interesting one um, because obviously the... Are the Raiders coming off the, the short week and having to, to travel, right? But a huge win, just the energy that they would have got from that. Um, yeah, Gruden calling Darren Waller the greatest player he's ever uh, coached, uh, which was, uh, you know, talk about uh, like reactions to, to week one games. I think that is uh, the, the talking point. Um, Derek Carr had 435 yards. Uh, um, that, that does his like uh, and Gruden's obsession with Waller and going to him help or hinder the Raiders? I'm not sure. Um, for me, a lot of this probably comes down to can the Raiders get to, to Ben? Uh, Max Crosby was unbelievable against the, the Ravens, he was just brilliant. Um, for the, the Steelers, their look, their their defense, we saw them against the, the Bills and what they did to, to Josh Allen. They can get so much pressure from their front four and still play the coverage in the back. And that's what makes them so difficult. I also think one point on this that I think goes kind of um a little bit under the radar is leadership right because you can't quantify it and this is a league where we love stats and we love quantifying everything and we underestimate leadership and that's why i've seen things said like oh the broncos won the um super bowl with a journeyman 
quarterback. Peyton Manning wasn't a journeyman quarterback. Yeah, he wasn't as good as he had been, but his leadership, and again, the same with Big Ben and Tomlin, right? Um, they, they inspire others. They make other people better around them. And that's what leadership is, is all about. But you can't quantify that. And I think in terms of having those two around, particularly Tomlin, um, it, it, guys will run through walls. The fact that TJ Ward, you know, and whatever you want to make the stories, he goes in because he knows the Steelers aren't going to get the contract done. He goes in, he ignores his agent. He says, I want to get this done. That tells you about the organization, tells you about the, the leadership. Um, I think the, the Steelers, look, Big Ben, given what he is, I think that that's an issue. Najee Harris needs to really get going. But I expect the Steelers to, to win this, to move to, to 2-0. Adam, you said all the great things about Steelers and the management and how they run the organization. It's all great. But the reality is they won the game last week because of special teams and defense and everything that we were concerned about with that Steelers offense from last season, in particular the second part of the season, Came to came to the fore again last week. They couldn't move the ball properly. Um, the run game was in and out against what we've seen this year, over the year, over the last year, a Buffalo run defense which hasn't been fantastic. But yet they didn't do anything too good. And then, as you said, the Raiders put up over 400 yards on a Ravens defense, and it's hard to quantify how good that is because we saw last week with the amount of Raiders, uh, sorry, Ravens injuries that came before the game. Waller is starting to be to, for me is starting to become one of those players in the league that. Yeah, he might become the player that they go to, and maybe the offense is slightly one-dimensional because he's the man. The reality is he had 759 yards catching last year. That's double two of the Steelers' wide receivers. He's becoming a player in the league that needs to be take, taken seriously, but he probably doesn't get the kudos he deserves because of other tight ends in the league, such as your Kelsey's and those guys, in particular because he's in that division. Jacobs is gone, which is a, it's a bit of a downer for the Raiders because he's a very efficient run back, but... I look at it and I actually think the Raiders can put up points on this team and that's where I think the Steelers can, can live with them. I think, yeah, the Steelers' defence will play well and keep them in the game, but I still think this Raiders' offence can really spark on its day. They did last Monday. I'm not concerned about the travel over. I'm going for the upset. I think the Raiders will win. Um, I'm going to break it down to two... And I've, I've oscillated on this game a couple of times, actually, but I'm going to break it down to two key matchups for me. Darren Waller, who we're rightly calling out, once you're targeted 19 get times in a game by your quarterback, you know, you're going to get a bit of attention, good or bad. Um, but Darren Waller is going up this week, not only against a very tough uh, Steelers defense, but Minka Fitzpatrick in particular. And his versatility, for me, means I can see the two of them uh, going tete-a-tete -tete, uh, for much of the game. And the other key matchup for me is not Roethlisberger versus Carr or Najee Harris versus... Um, whoever Josh Jacobs' replacement is this week. But it's actually, for me, the controversial, surprising, dubious first-round pick of the Raiders, Alex Leatherwood, who did not appear to be, you know, fully up to NFL speed just yet, going against Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt. TJ was on form last week. I expect him to be on form this week. And because I back TJ and Minka uh, in those two matchups, I'll go with the Steelers over the Raiders this week. Yeah, TJ Watt looked really, really good last week. Uh, two sacks uh, and a forced fumble. Look, the Raiders were great in Monday Night Football, but the reality is, you know, Derek Carr, while he hit 435 passing yards, he had two touchdowns and an interception. I take the points on board in terms of the assets he has available to him when he wants to throw around the ball. But the reality is, on the day, in your home stadium, if you've got Juju, if you've got Chase Claypool, 
I would prefer to have that there. Now, the issue there is Big Ben, can he take it more than last week, 188 yards? He needs to throw a touchdown this week. There is no, there's no denying that. Uh, I, I think I think he will. I think the home crowd will play a factor. And I think Roethlisberger will get two passing touchdowns. Najee Harris will go better than 45 yards last week and he'll get around 80 or 90. And you'll have a combination of Juju and Claypool and that defense that will grind out a win probably in the early 30s for the Steelers. The Raiders will score upwards of 21, 24 points. And I have the Steelers going one uh, or two and oh. And uh, yeah. Great to have the Steelers going 2-0 after this was the Irish Steelers show during the summer. I'm joking. Uh, one team that looked unbelievable last week, boys, was the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they've got the Vikings going to Arizona. Uh, the Cardinals completely beat up the Titans last week. How do you see this game going, Colin? Um, I think for this game, it's going to be a case of afterwards, who's Mike Zimmer going to blame? Um, look, Christian Darish could make his debut against Chandler Jones. Bit of a baptism of fire. If if he's not ready to go, it's Rayshad Hill. Uh-oh. Um, Chandler Jones is on track for an 85-sack season um, on current trends. Um, look, the, the fact is that uh, Cousins, the Bengals sacked Cousins three times last week, right? Um, I, I would be very concerned for the Vikings. Um, the, the cards were just great on, on both sides of the ball. Um, Hopkins just makes unbelievable plays. It's like they go to a replay and the, you know, the commentator is like, did he make it? And you almost instantly go, yeah, I bet he got his two feet. Oh, look, he did. Of course he did. Um, I, if I'm Patrick Peterson, I'm very worried this week. Um, the, and what, the Vikings did okay getting to um, Joe Burrow, but their secondary s- struggled. And with the weapons the cards have, um and and uh you know look joe joe mixon um you know ran um all, all over the vikings um so i i think that they they have real issues um again um kudos to vance joseph <laughs> you are uh, you might not have been ready to be a head coach in any way shape or form um but your defense shut down derrick henry last week um, and I think they could well stop Dalvin Cook um, this week. I mean, that's going to be the, the key to this, I think. But I think the cards are, are going 2-0 here. And, and Mike Zimmer and Brian, I've been saying it for a while. Mike Zimmer has real issues there in Minnesota. Yeah, and that's why I picked the Bengals last week because I felt the disorganization throughout the summer with the core causing situation. I just didn't think it played into an opening weekend where they'd win the game. And then it's strange because the Cardinals last weekend, four touchdowns thrown by Kyler Murray and the one touchdown obviously he ran in. So you'd expect all the scrutiny to be on that in terms of what a fantastic performance. But yeah, on the other side, as you said, Chandler Jones, six or five, five sacks. And then I remember early on in the offseason when we had the Cardinals beat writer on, he said the one thing that the TJ Watts signing could do could free up Chandler Jones to allow him to roam and go after the quarterback because otherwise he would be double teamed. And we saw that last week and it paid dividends. Five to five sacks. Yeah, I just don't see in any way, shape, or form how the Vikings are going to go in and win this game. And you're right, the explosiveness in the secondary, and sorry, you know, in terms of the wide receivers that the cards have against a secondary last week that we saw exposed by Chase. And it's the same secondary that just haven't seemed to change from last year. I think after 15 or 16 games last year, their secondary was the worst in the league in terms of giving up touchdowns. Didn't change last week. I don't see it changing in week two. It's the cards for me. 
Yeah, I, I think we, I called it when we got, when JJ was signed there and everything. How would that bullpen with Chandler Jones work as well? And look, certainly after week one, it worked really well. Um, Chandler Jones did apparently submit a trade request during the season. Maybe he's rethinking that now because um, he certainly seemed very happy. Um, embarrassing Taylor Lewan. I mean, this is the thing as well. Taylor Lewan is not a bad tackle. And in fairness to him, he came out and said, yeah, look, he basically pulled my pants down. We all have a bad day at the office. Shucks, stuff happens type of thing. You kind of admire the honesty and the openness about it all. But look, this is the, the you know, the pain about the Vikings because yes, Mike Zimmer has 99 problems and the O-line is definitely one of them. If you're a Vikings fan and you're looking at Rashad Hill at left tackle, how you're not looking at him this week with like, you know, through the gaps and the fingers covering your face. Exactly. Colin. You know, I don't, I don't know how that is not pretty, but there's still the Vikings. And you still see, well, Dalvin Cook's there and Adam Thielen's there and Kirk Cousins throw around. Could they surprise us? I'm not putting any money with matchbook.com or anyone anywhere near any game ever involving the Vikings ever, ever, ever again. But, um, no, they can't do it. Arizona's oh, going to beat them. Arizona's going to beat them. And um, we've given a lot of credit to Charlie Jones, but Butter Baker and Byron Murphy in the secondary as well were like attack dogs. It was brilliant to see. So if they keep that going, they, they will handle the Vikings this weekend. A couple of weeks ago in Brian's secret bunker, I picked the Vikings to win the NFC North, which still could happen regardless of this result because the NFC North is now the NFC East as far as I'm concerned, until proven otherwise. It speaks about the depth of this Cardinals team that you boys have talked for seven minutes and nobody's barely mentioned Kyler Murray and nobody's mentioned Terminator James Conner and nobody's mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals should win this easily, but I have to state this right now. The performance last week was sensational. If it was any other week than week one, week two, week three, week four, we'd be talking about a Super Bowl caliber team. They have the assets there. Can they get to that level? We will see in that division, but I've got the Cardinals to win uh, from a what, Super Bowl. Were, that's, were that's, people questioning why JJ signed for the, the Cardinals? Were people like, we all being like, he said he wanted to sign with, only with a challenger. Why is he going to the cards? Well, but this we, is the point all... around the cards. This is the point. Here we are again. We're picking them up. It's only week two. Okay. They are prone for letdown games. We saw it last year when Miami went in and beat them in Arizona. And towards the end of the season, they lost three of their last four games. They brought in these players, experienced players, to bring them on to the next level. These kind of games on Sunday are must wins. We've seen it in 2015 when they got to the championship game against the Panthers. And they looked unreal all season. And then, boom, shaka, laka, laka. Maybe they would have given Peyton Manning a game because he didn't do much. Falcons, Bucks. I mean, Colin, come on. Um, yeah, the Falcons are 0 6 against the or against um Tom, Tom Brady. Um, when uh, when Matt Ryan is is there, um, so I yeah, I just don't see how that that changes. I mean, it was a tough game uh, last week for Matt Ryan, and it's worse this week. You just have mismatches everywhere. Um, I if if I was involved in any way shape or form with the Falcons I would be having nightmares about Vita Vea <laughs> I don't know how how they're going to stop him I just he like he is uh you know just a, just I, I think it was Sam Monson used the the gif of just the truck going down and just the cars just knocking him yeah that he he's just uh, just in beast mode um 
look, Tom, Tom Brady seems to have a new favorite toy in Antonio Brown. He wanted him. He wanted like all all last year. He's now got him. Um, and I think Brown could feast against a porous Falcon secondary. Um, look, they, this could be the Buck could have three or four guys go over a hundred yards. Um, for the the Falcons, yeah, it just it doesn't seem nothing seems to have changed. Brian Brian mentioned like no, nothing seems to have changed for uh, Arthur there Smith. Um, but the question I, I think there was probably did they did did they have missing posters on the on the sides of milk cartons? Because where was Kyle Pitts? Um, obviously Murphy bunting out injured. Um, you know how how long that lasts that could hurt the Bucks, but it's not hurting them this week. They are they're winning this. Alan mentions the toys. I'm going to assume by those, by those toys, you're talking about all those wide receivers they have. You're saying about 100-yard games. Brown's best game last year was 138 yards receiving. Godwin's best game was 133 yards receiving. And Evans was 110 yards. And they all happened in the same game against the Falcons. So that tells you all you need to know about this Sunday. It's going to be, I'm not going to go to say it's going to be an absolute whoop-ass, but it's going to be, it's going to get very dicey for the Falcons. And Last week, it was strange because Kyle Pitts was in the game very early on in terms of they were balls into him. He was catching them, and then he literally went out of the game. I don't know if it was because of defense and the, the Eagles linebackers or a play calling change, but he was non-existent for beyond the second quarter. If he's not ready the, for the NFL. Look, the only way I see, see a potentially a Falcons being in the game is because last week's um, book secondary struggled against the Cowboys, and Ridley, Pitts, they do have players and if, if Ryan gets time, he can make plays. But I'm trying to put up an argument for Falcons fans who are going to watch the show as to how they'll stay in the game. They're not going to win the game. Um, Bucks by two touchdowns, maybe even three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Falcons aren't going to be as bad as they were last week when their penalty yardage nearly equaled their rushing yardage and their passing yardage. I mean, they can't be that bad as they were last week. Um, and like you, Brian, they've got plenty of talent on offense. They're just going to make it quick. Look, um, you know, in this week's installment of the Tom Brady show, he was on his Tommy and Gronky YouTube show and he indicated that he thinks it would be possible to still play at 50. Uh, George Blander, who played in the NFL 46, his record's pretty close to coming under reach from the 44-year-old Tom Brady. Um, but uh, as Gronk rightly replied, uh, he said, yeah, but is the right question not, will Giselle let you play until you're 50? Which even Brady are going, yeah, it's probably the right question to ask. Um, he has still not been sacked this season. Um, obviously, only one game played, but it was the, the only quarterback who hasn't been sacked in the NFL this season. Um, as long as they keep him reasonably upright, I can't see past a box win in this regard. Another couple of interceptions this week for Tommy Boy, and he'd be leading the NFL in interceptions, but bar that, who cares? Because he's going to play, he's 50, yada, yada, yada. Great to see Sean Murphy Bunton is not out for the season. Hopefully not. Hopefully we'll see him back in a few weeks. Um, obviously he's Irish. Uh, there is a way the Falcons could win this game. Now, it would take for the following people's legs to fall off. Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Goldwyn, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Levante David, Devin White, Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barth. Come on. No. That's not even waste of time here. Kyle Pitts didn't show up last week. I'm starting Brady in fantasy. He's going to get me six touchdowns. Six touchdowns. Six 
touchdowns against the Falcons. We're all going to go, oh, Brady's great for a few more weeks as well. Great for him. Happy days. Let's move on to... Um, I mean, we, 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 like, come on, we know our points making this game up. We seriously oh, we do. Well, one more, one more point on Brady in particular. Uh, Mark, you, you refer to the fact that he said like a potential play till I'm 50 and Gronk you know, came in with his response. I thought you were about to say, if you got to play against the Falcons every week for the rest of your career. <laughs> well done. Well done. Or the Giants. Or even the Broncos in a few weeks. That is he playing? It, I mean, ones. like it's a one PM kickoff, isn't it? So you know, at some point it will be three twenty-eight in the game. So we'll just, it's a it's, it's a it's a four o'clock Eastern. Ah, oh, bugger! It is. That's right. Okay, well, at three twenty-eight, Tom begin ready for the game. Come to the World Shed for nine o'clock and find a man that's not watching the Patriots at, at nine twenty in 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 in, 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 in overtime against the Jets, and you'll be watching the you'll be, you'll be watching the Bucks tonight. Cowboys, Chargers, ladies. Colin, who have we got? America's team. Uh, Jerry Jones is going on NFL game day morning today at about two o'clock. Will you be watching? No. <laughs> uh, Hi, well, Rich. The, um, the, I, I gave the stat earlier in the week about Herbert, but I want to give it again. Justin Herbert on third down against Washington. 13 of 16. 160 yards, 11 first down, and a touchdown. The kid was sensational. Like he's just, he, and he just goes about his, his business and he makes the, the Chargers better and he helps them find ways to win. Slater, um, I thought for a rookie, did really well la- last week. Um, and the Chargers are a serious outfit. Um, then you come to the Cowboys, um, who, you know, have. Um, look, they, yeah, they were they were very um, they were in the game. It was a very entertaining game, helped by the interceptions. Um, but then you look at the injury concerns. Gallup is out. Marcus Lawrence is out. Neil Collins is out. Randy Gregory is probably out. As is Terence Steele. Oof. Um, so I that's I mean like where I it's very difficult to 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 see that Dak is going to throw for a ton like he's just going to throw like in the, the last four games he's had 47 57 58 and 58 attempts throwing the ball and so people are getting very hyped on Dak he is a very good quarterback absolutely but he's not Patrick Mahomes he's not Aaron Rodgers um and and when he's throwing that he's throwing that much because yeah I Michael he's not he's not he's throwing that much because they're in such a hole because they're giving away so many points and that's the the issue we talked about the law of diminishing returns with Zeke 33 yards last week I don't think it'll be as bad um this week um but he's not the force that he was he, he never again be the force that he was I I don't think um, the, the Cowboys are going to score a lot of points this uh, season, but they're going to lose a lot of games, a lot of close games, probably. The Chargers find a way to win in this uh, for me, and the Chargers go to, to 2-0. Colin, you made the point that Dak is throwing the ball left, right and centre because he has to keep up with the other team scoring, which is, is a fair statement because of their secondary being so poor, but also the fact, as you said, there's no run game anymore. Like they've only given the ball to Zeke less than 20 times in the last 13 of the last 14 games. He hasn't had the ball for over 20 carries. You know, you see last week, evidently he's just not the player he was. So they're struggling. So there's no backup field. Uh, Pollard is, seems to be kind of a better, at this stage, a better running back to be using, but they don't use him because they feel that they need to continuously go with Zeke. It's not working. Zach looked really, Zach looked really impressive last week. 
And we don't really know what this Chargers defense is because last week Fitzpatrick went out of the game early. Heineken came in. He had a reasonably good game. So for me, the jury stood out on the Chargers defense and the Cowboys could expose them. But I also think the Chargers could expose this Cowboys defense more. And for that reason, I say it's been a high scoring game. I do think it'll be close, but I think the Chargers will just, just about get, get it over the line. I think we're going to see an improvement by the Cowboys' defense this week, purely because after last week, they've actually seen what play action looks like. So they might actually be able to defend it this week um, because they were piss poor against the play action last week. It was it was embarrassingly so. Um, Derwin James, actually, all the credit we give to Justin Herbert, and I think you guys know I'm one of his biggest fans, but Derwin James stepped into that defense, straight back into it, and performed admirably on the Chargers side of the house. Look, I, I can see a very valid way in which the Cowboys win this game, and I've kind of argued with myself a little bit about this, because like Brian says, like, do we have a true sense of the Chargers necessarily for that Washington game? But um, overall... I, I think we have enough, and I'm backing Herbert to out-duel D- Dak. And uh, the Cowboys, intriguingly, go into an 0-2 hole then in the NFC East. Doesn't really matter, though, because they're in, they're, because they're in the NFC East. Ha-ha, I know, but we'll, we'll come back to that on Monday Night Football. Um, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Jared Cook, this... Charges offense is for real. If they want to be up there against, I'm going to say this every week, if they want to be up there with big Paddy Mahomes, they have to win this game. They have to go second in the AFC West before they start playing the AFC West teams in a few weeks. Uh, because the game's in LA, because I don't think Ezekiel Elliott is anywhere near what he should be to be playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I think Dak Prescott will rely too much on CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and will eventually make some mistakes. I think he'll have two interceptions today. Great player, uh, but unfortunately, he doesn't have a support around him. And I, I think the Chargers will see this out. And I agree, it'll be a high scoring game. And I'm going to pick is it Chargers? Uh, so, it as it stands, there'll be three teams or two teams so far in AFC West, two in zip, gentlemen. Um, that's us. And oh, oh, Excelsior to Neil three Reynolds, team. three teams picking when, well, the Raiders, when the Raiders are going to meet the Steelers. Hmm. It, Seriously, Excelsior to, to, to Neil Reynolds uh, for putting that game on. That is the best game to put on in that window. Uh, Titans, St- uh, Seahawks. What a massive game, Colin, for the Titans. Like this, this they, they have to put on some sort of statement of performance here. Surely, after last week, uh, after getting a very bad defeat against the Cardinals, um, going to Seattle. Seattle put up a lot of points against Indianapolis. Who have you got? Yes, not where they'd want to go. I mean, it was interesting because uh, afterwards, Mike Brable came out and he didn't mince words in relation to Julio. Um, he he took the, the mark route. I'm not going to go the mark route. Um, but basically, Julio's personal foul resulted third and one goes to third and 16. And Brable called it doing dumb stuff, hurting the team. Um, for your new guy who's just signed. Um, now, also... Um, Arthur Smith moved on. They brought in Todd Downing all the way back in June. Uh, in, and we called it out. Benjamin Albright came on with us and said Todd Downing would be a disaster, an unmitigated disaster. Talked about what he had done with the Raiders. Talked about how he brought their sixth rank um, offense down to 27 in just a matter of weeks um, and said that he felt the Titans would have the biggest fall off of any team um, in the league. Going off week one, 
absolutely interesting to see how they bounce back. But talk about having to go up against it. Russell Wilson was a man free of Brian Schottenheimer and he enjoyed himself. Four touchdowns over 250 yards, passer rating over 150, deep ball bombs, Tyler Lockett over 100, DK Metcalf, he was loving it. Then they just gave it Chris Carson. Chris Carson, close to 100 yards, ran all, ran all over them. Um, and I, I, for the Titans, like the other, the other piece is, um, Tannehill was uh, sacked six times. He was hit nine times. Uh, the Seahawks uh, got to went three times, and they hit him ten times. It could be a very long day for uh, Ryan Tannehill. They really need to get Derrick Henry going. Um, last week, shy of sixty yards. I mean, if if they if you take away Henry. Um, it, it makes uh, it, it, you, you really give yourself a shot but I, I think the, the Seahawks are going to have far too much also the fact that look for them the 12th man is back expected to be very noisy in Seattle yeah you focus predominantly on the offense there so I don't think there's need to any, make any point but last year the Titans defense was ranked one of the worst in the, in the league but yet they went to the divisional round and the flaws came, were exposed in that game and then you're going up against the Seattle team who in the past have had some down games at home, and they did lose some games at home last year. The Giants, they lost the playoff game against the Rams, but to the point, first game in a year and a half, two years, that the 12th man is going to be in the place, it's going to be rocking. And uh, I don't see how the Titans will be able to deliver. I do think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think we will see a little bit of reaction from the Titans' offense because Derrick Henry doesn't tend to have two bad games in a row, and he usually can be really effective. And that's what they'll need. They'll need to go inside the crowd and get him running and then have the, the run pass option and then obviously use the wide receivers to their benefit. But for me, it's too much an offense for the Seahawks. The Seattle will win going away in the fourth. Yeah, the 12th man at Lumen Field, which always feels weird to say, but that is what Seattle Stadium's now called. Um, the 10 uh, hits, actually, column as well, the Seattle registered last week in Indianapolis were from 10 different players. So, like, when I said about they've improved their pass rush, like, that's a prime example of you don't know where it's coming from necessarily. Um Bit of sad news this week. Obviously, Russell Wilson gave a pretty emotional press conference, uh, passing with a close friend of his, Trevor Moad, who's his uh, mental conditioning coach, business partner, and he's someone he described as his best friend, passed away uh, from cancer at 48. And he was very open with the press about this this week, about the impact he had on his life. Um, and, you know, obviously, all our thoughts and prayers go out to um, Trevor Moad's family and friends at that, at that time. But it's rare to see Russell Wilson probably being that expressive. He obviously means a lot. And it's kind of that scenario of like, he will be playing the game thinking of his friend and maybe a little bit even more incentivized or um, focused on delivering a great performance. Um, for me, yes, the times could control it with the running game. Derek Henry could bounce back, but my God, that defense still looks terrible. Even with that massive acquisition of Bud Dupree, that it does not look like it's improved. So Seahawks all the way. Seattle very impressive last week. Just boys like Chris Carson, DK Metcalf. Never mind them too. Tyler Lockett last week, and I know you boys know they're all my fantasy team. Tyler Lockett, but that offense looks so fresh. Seattle looked like a team reborn, and that says a lot when you look at the Tennessee Titans when Julio Jones 
doesn't have the start that we all wanted and expected. Derek Henry, I, I definitely agree, will come into it in some point today. But um, I think Seattle will be too fresh. They'll look too good at their stadium in Seattle. And, and I, I think with a home crowd, the 12s being back in, it will be too much for Tennessee, whose season will start next week against the Colts, the Jets the week after, and the Jaguars the week after that. So they haven't got too much to worry about because they will win three games in a row, two of those against division rivals, uh, and they'll be grand. So there's nothing to worry about, but they will lose today. Um, talking about losing, I hope we don't lose any money today. Um, our friends at Matchbook Betting Exchange uh, have provided us with a fifth, with well, very generously, uh, a few hundred euro, 300 euro uh, mark to put a few bets on this this season. I think we're going to put some money on a, a cumulator or a, a triple today. What's the bet that you're thinking of today that you're going to make us win and you're going to pay for our round in the woolshed in the room? Oh, well, I do. I do lots of different bets, but as I'm picking some of the underdogs this week, I think I'll throw it over to Brian maybe to, to go with more of the consensus bet. El Principe, the master, Brian, who have you got? I wouldn't go to Mars, but general consensus within the group. This is the travel that matchbook.com have priced up for us this weekend. We're, we're staying close to home, close to home within the Irish NFL show. Mark's Patriots, your Broncos, both <laughs> to win. And then we're all in agreement. We're, we're going out to the West Coast for the final leg, which is the Cardinals to be the Minnesota Vikings. So that travel this weekend will pay in the region of two to one, nine to four treble. Patriots to win, Broncos to win. And the Cardinals to win, and hopefully we can rebound off what was a very disappointing start to our betting experience with Matchbook.com last weekend. But for new customers who go to Matchbook.com, bet 10 euro, you'll get 15 euros a free bet. Tag in Irish NFL show when you're setting up your account and have a friendly flutter on the weekend. And hopefully follow our bet and come Monday morning, please God, we'll be celebrating a win and you'll be celebrating a win too. Yeah, yeah Michael. I said I wasn't betting ever again with the Vikings involved, but I don't mind betting with our money on it. It's just my own I'm worried about. Obviously, a massive thanks to Matchbook. Use the code Irish NFL Show. And you can also bet in the Queen's English if you're living in the North as well. If you're living in the county of the Ireland champions, you can put £10 on and get £15 back. Had to throw it in again, boys. But super, uh, super thanks to Matchbook. Thanks to the expert, Brian, who's going to get us over the line this weekend. And we look forward to it. Uh, Let's not put any money on this last game because I can't call it, boys, as it stands. Kansas City at Baltimore. This is at Sunday Night Football. The Chiefs call them 1-0. The Ravens 0-1, MNC Bank Stadium. Who gets the win and why? Um, I, To be honest, I, I think the, the issue for the, the Ravens is that they don't seem to be able to beat the Chiefs. I mean, the, they, the Chiefs are their kryptonite. Um, and while Sammy Watkins says that, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes view it as a rivalry, uh, I was listening to Sam and Steve on the PFF podcast and um, Steve gave the Patrick Mahomes career PFF passing grade versus the Ravens 88.3. That is the best QB grade against the, the Ravens since 2018. Lamar Jackson's career PFF passing grade against the Chiefs 49.3. Four. So you see a little bit of a, a difference there. Then you add in all of the injuries that um, the, the Ravens have, all of the issues with their O-line. Ronnie Stanley is out. Villanueva probably moves to, to left tackle, which should be better. But then Frank Clark looks like he's, uh, he's back. We talked about that. 
might mean more penalties, should mean more sacks also. Um, I, I just think that the Chiefs find a way. We saw it last week. The Browns played a pretty good game, but the Chiefs force you into mistakes. And if you give them any opportunity, give Tyree Kill any space and forget about it. Game, game over. Um, even though they, they are on the road, even though there are issues with the Chiefs um, defense, it's not like they are um, you know uh, absolutely unstoppable. But Spangs does enough um, to, to scheme. Uh, I, I think uh, that we will see uh, an interesting game. Um, expect Harbaugh to, to respond in some way to try and slow them down. But I think the, the Chiefs are winning this to, to move to, to 2 and 0, and the, the Ravens are going to be looking at 0 and 2. The last eight times these have played each other, there's only been six points in the difference, averaging from three to six points in terms of the winner. But unfortunately for the Ravens, as Columnist alluded to, it always seems to be the Chiefs coming out on the right side of it. Lamar Jackson is going through this contract situation. And for me, he's not at the level of the other quarterbacks like the Mahomes. 250 yards or less for the last 15 games. He's not thrown for over 250 yards. For a quarterback, who people go on about, and I understand the fact that he's mobile and he's a run-pass option, if he wants to make it to the next level and be compared to the Vice Mahomes, he needs to be starting to throw for beyond 250 yards in the game. And, and as you said, the percentages are totally off. Mahomes is a 70% strike rate in comparison to his 52%. And then that Ravens defense last week was completely exposed by a Raiders offense that can be very explosive. And arguably the most explosive offense in the league outside of maybe the Bucs at the moment is still the Chiefs for me. So Chiefs all day, Chiefs to win. Do think the Ravens will put up a better performance defensively against what they did on Monday night, but I still think the Chiefs will have more than enough to win the game. Stanley's a big loss, or Staley's a big loss. Frank Clark coming back, I think, is probably a positive, but as Colin alludes to always the penalties, it's, it's always a doubt. Um, Tyrion Matthews likely to return as well, um, which will help shore up that Chiefs defense. The Ravens have only ever started 0-2 once in Jim or John John Harbour's era. Um, for me, their running game isn't in sync yet. They've got a new offensive line. They've got new running backs. This is going to be the second time that the Ravens start season 0-2. Chiefs all the way for me. Uh, you know... I don't think that I don't think the Ravens played that bad on Monday Night Football. From what I've seen, I like I, I like some of the players in the roster. I really like that pickup of Latavius Murray coming in and running back, and I think he's going to be able to do a few things on fair down conversions for this team. I really like Mark Andrews, but I'm never picking against the Chiefs ever again because if I pick against the Chiefs, they'll win. They are the dark lord to this this league, and I think they will win. But maybe if I say they will win, they'll lose, and I hope I'm dead wrong because the performance they had last week and the fact that they won that game just shows that I should pick against them for the rest of the season. Uh, I'm going to pick the I, I, oh, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win uh, and that's it. Michael, that's you're waving around some on. necromancer dark magic there, are you? You know, just like if I say this, this is going to magically change Patrick Mahomes to brain style. Indeed. It's going to all come. Um, it's, it look, you know what, boys? It's going to be a good weekend. There's some great games there. We've got the Eagles 49ers and the Cowboys against the Chargers on Sky Sports, along with uh, some of that football as well. If you're down at the Walsh level, it's at 5.30 this evening. There is every game on. We, because of COVID-19, we'll probably be in an area, so just come and feel free to chat to us. Uh, wear a mask. 
uh, you have to be vaccinated to enter. But look, we, we're we really looking forward to meeting you. And also, Colin, we've got a, a Madden giveaway. What do people have to do to enter on this tweet that they're currently watching on? Well, um, the, the 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 man, Mike. We haven't we haven't played uh, in a in a while, Mike. We need to all right, uh, all right, to, all right. to sort to sort uh, that that one out. But all of the uh, I think some some of the teething problems, if we say that, with the with the Madden series, I think have been taken care of. So I think people will uh, definitely want to. Uh, to pick up a, a copy of uh, of Madden um, and uh, to get the opportunity to to do that, all you need to do is to check out our Twitter uh, account at IRENFL. Check out our pinned tweet, and uh, you will have the the opportunity. And that's not all. We have a few more competitions coming up uh, over the the next few weeks, uh, so uh, do keep an eye out on on that. And uh, yeah, lots of lots of fun opportunities coming up to, to win some great prizes. And we'll be back tomorrow night for MNFIRE uh, at, I think we're going at nine o'clock tomorrow nine night. Nine o'clock tomorrow. It's going to be live, 9, 9 p.m. And Brian will sing Fly Eagles Fly if they win by more than 12 points. Deal, Brian, sounds good. Eagles win, I won't be here. Okay, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I hope everybody enjoys today's State of Games. That's us for week, week two. Don't already for something. Enjoy the games today. Uh, please like, follow, subscribe on all platforms. Really appreciate your support. Uh, and hopefully your team wins today, unless you're playing my team. See you at the Wall Shot at Half Five. See you later, lads. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers.